isn't it a joyous thing to speak, to sing about freedom this morning? Amen? Isn't it an incredible blessing? Amen? And I, I you know, when I was in seminary, I was just thinking a moment ago that uh, there was kind of a debate among we students and professors would weigh in sometimes, but, you know, talking about 4th of July, some thought it was a good thing to do in church, and some say that's a completely separate thing. And uh, here's what I believe, that this country was founded on Christian principles, and that of all of the nations of the world, I think we have been blessed among the very most by God. As we uh, called out to him, as this country was established for him, that God has responded with such blessing. And I'm very thankful to speak of freedom. We turn today to freedom in Christ. And I want to read from Galatians 5, 1, and then we'll skip down to verse 13. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. For you were called to freedom. Brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desires against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you were led by the Spirit, you were not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, Factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. For those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Would you pray with me? Oh Lord, how, how wonderful it is to be able to come into your house how wonderful it is to praise you without a concern. The freedom that we have to, to sing, to praise, to read your scripture. We know there's places all around the world that don't have that kind of freedom. And so we thank you. We know that you are the giver of all good gifts, the freedom that we have in our country. We join our hearts together, knowing that this nation was based, founded for freedom to worship you and love you and to share the gospel. And as joyful as that is, we also recognize that it seems that we have 
lost our way. And so we join with churches all around the country that, Father, once again, we would feel your spirit burn bright, that we would walk faithfully and joyfully, that we would all lift our eyes to you and recognize that you are the God of all gods, the King of kings, that you are the source of all blessing. We thank you for what you have given to this nation, but above all, we thank you for the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus. As we open your holy word today, we pray that your spirit would speak to each heart so that we would not throw away our freedom or return to slavery, but Father, we might walk in the joy and the peace and the satisfaction and the wholeness that you intend for each of us. May your Holy Spirit speak loud to our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. How wonderful it is. We celebrate Independence Day on this coming Tuesday. We celebrate our freedom that we gained from England for 247 years since 1776. Men and women have fought and often died to maintain and even expand upon that freedom. And I know, like you, that we love our country, we love our nation, and we understand that it's not perfectly executed, but it is a country that is, has high ideals and worthy to work for and to sacrifice for. Amen? Although some claim today that our freedom is uh, impinged upon and we're losing our freedoms, it seems to me, as we look around our country, that uh, of all people, we're more blessed, that we have more freedom. And so the question of the day would be, what will we do with that freedom? Are you with me? They'll be fine. Come on back. What will we do with our freedom? Brings us back to Galatians 5 and the ultimate freedom we have in Christ. Galatians 5.1. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Nine words that mean an incredible amount. 1776, we gained our freedom from England. What does this verse mean? In Christ, what have we been set free from? Here's the thing. I think the challenge about preaching this passage is there's a long list of thou shalt nots, right? And every time we get to a series of thou shalt nots, there's just kind of a human tendency to tune out, you know? I've heard that before. I kind of know where I'm walking in my faith. I've gotten kind of satisfied with where that is. And don't tell me what to do. That's human nature too, isn't it? Because I have my freedoms and I have my rights. I'm saying that let's not come at it that way. I'm saying let's start with something that every one of us absolutely enjoys and thrives on, and that's on joy. Amen? How many here could use a little more joy in their life? Just raise your hand. Oh, y'all good over here. All right. I see a little hand going up. All right. Joy. You can't have too much of it. Right? So let's talk about joy this morning. And I believe this passage is about joy. I was talking with some some uh, my coworkers and and, and with one mathematician this week, and I'd like to give you a formula. It's not actually a formula. I was uh, uh, instructed this week that is actually a conditional statement to achieve joy. Have I got you? 
for all those that raise their hands that don't have quite enough, would like a little bit more, how can we get it? This is a conditional formula, and it goes like this. If you do blank, but not blank, you're going to receive joy. Now, we're going to fill in the blanks, but that's what it looks like right now. If you do this, but don't do this, there's going to be joy in your life. Let's start with joy. How big a theme do you think that is in the Bible? Do you remember some passages from the scripture? There's two up there, I know. 170 times the word joy is found in the scriptures. 145 more is, is talking about rejoicing. Philippians 4.4, rejoice in the Lord. Again, I will say rejoice. Exclamation point. Rejoice. Psalm 35, and my soul shall rejoice in the Lord. I hope that your soul is rejoicing today. I hope you feel a lightness and a, and a happiness and a fullness in your heart. All my soul shall rejoice in the Lord. It shall exult in his salvation. All my bones will say, Lord, who is like you? You know the answer? No one is like our God. 170 times, 145 times more with rejoice, and that makes it a pretty big theme in the scriptures. I came across a, a, a quotation from Charles Spurgeon this week. I want to share it with you. It's just rich. Just listen and enjoy it. It says this, there is a marvelous medicinal power in joy. Most, med most medicines are distasteful, but this, which is the best of all medicines, is sweet to the taste and comforting to the heart. This blessed joy is very contagious. Holy joy will oil the wheels of your life's machinery. Isn't that good? Holy joy will strengthen you for your daily labors. Holy joy will beautify you and give you an influence over the lives of others. I look around the congregation today to see if anyone needs a little beautification. No, it's just me. It's just me. Joy will do that for us. Who needs a little more joy? Kay Warren has the best definition. I've shared this with you before. Let me share it one more time. Joy in the Lord, listen now, is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details in my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right and the determined choice to praise God in all things. Isn't that rich? So you may not have quite a, a well-defined definition of what joy is, but who doesn't need a little more joy in our life? So I'm telling you, I promise you, this is the pattern. If you do this, but you stay away from this, you're going to experience joy. So let's fill in the first blank. The Apostle Paul, empowered by the Spirit, puts this into our lives today. If you, here's the first blank, love and serve one another. I was talking to my mom last night, and uh, uh, she just lost her very best friend at next door neighbor for a lot of years and was kind of struggling, is struggling, and uh, was talking about, wasn't sure what she was going to do today, and uh, it, it, she's really missing her, and we can all relate to that, and we talked about a lot of things that might fill that hole, that gap in her life, and, you know, worshiping, but I also said, you know, go out and serve someone else. Go out and serve someone else. That might not make sense to the folks outside that door, but we know 
We've been to the hospital room where we went to be a blessing to someone else, and you walk away with what? With the blessing in return. The first thing, if you serve one another, if you love your neighbor as yourself, if you by the power of the Spirit within you have peace, oh, let these words ring in your heart. If you have patience, show kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, then the scriptures say the promise for you is that if you do those things, that's the first blank, then you're going to experience joy in your life. Now here's the crazy thing. You with me? You with me? Say amen. Thank you. Here's the crazy thing. If you go outside these walls today and you say, what are you doing with your freedom? Lots of people dressed up, red, white, and blue. They're talking about freedom. What are you doing with your freedom? It's going to be very different than what the Apostle Paul says to us today. Because what he's saying, what seems kind of crazy, is, is, is what will you do with your freedom? Serve one another. Love one another. Sacrifice for one another. And that won't make sense to anybody unless they have Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit in their heart. I believe it to be true. It's completely countercultural. Why, why in the world, with all of the freedom that you have, would you kind of give that away? No way. I have my rights. I have my privileges, my position. I have my freedom. The Apostle Paul replies, be careful. He says, remember the great cost that set you free. It was the very cross of Christ, his blood that set you free. Verse 17 from our passage today says, for the flesh sets the desire against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another. Listen, this is craziness to the world outside so that you may not do the things that you please. So yes, we may bristle what feels like limitations, but remember the formula. If you, let's fill that in, if you love and serve one another, that's going to lead to wholeness and joy. That's the goal. So we hold these characteristics up because we want that for ourselves. This isn't philosophy. This isn't just dry theology. This is the practicality of what the scriptures say to us today. We hold these characteristics, these actions, up to our own lives. Like, like a mirror, we hold them up. And am I a person of peace? Do I show patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness? Do I have self-control? We want those. If we hold them up and we're not quite there, then we make that commitment today. We just say, I, I want more joy in my life. And we know the path. So let's summarize with, if we love and serve but not blank, we'll have joy. So we fill in the, the second blank. And, and there are several but nots. Thou shalt nots, but please don't tune out. Because we remember... The desire of God for every one of you today, or if you're here today, raise your right hand. Good, good. All right, for everyone who raised their hand today, the desire of God for you is joy. So we don't think about, oh, I can't do this. That's a limitation. You just want to keep something good for me. No, no. This is the path to joy and wholeness. So the but-nots are don't backbite. 
and devour one another. Don't participate in morality. Because why? Because it won't bring you the joy and satisfaction that God desires for you. Don't participate in impurity or sensuality, idolatry, sorcery. You say, man, we don't, we don't practice that. Man, it's everywhere around us. Enmities. That means kind of hostility, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions. Maybe already as we go down this list of, of but nots, you go, man, that's something I struggle with. That's, that's okay. We'll get to that. Factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing. And here's the thing. As I, as I look up at this list, you go, it doesn't take a great theologian to kind of explain that, does it? I mean, if you just kind of look at that list on the right, you, you, there's just nothing up there that you go, ooh, that's going to bring me joy. That's, that's oh, Man, give me some more of that because that, that's going to just, whoo, that's going to be so great. No, there's nothing up there that we look at it. And, and could I say there's no excuses for it either, right? I mean, we have the choice, left or right, and that right-hand side, just look at it, is nothing but ugly. And, and here's the thing I want to stress to you. It's not just, it's not just we say, well, it's my choice whether I have joy or whatever. It's even more serious than that. It's more serious than that. Listen, it's not just, oh, I don't, I don't, I have enough joy or whatever. It says, those that practice that on the right-hand column will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's, it's unequivocal. There's no wiggle room. On the left, it's going to lead to joy. On the right, it's going to lead away from the kingdom of God. Verse 21, for those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That kind of raises the stakes, doesn't it? That should get our attention. In our beloved country, I want to ask you a question. Do we have problems with anything on the right-hand side? Do we have problems in this land that we love... Do we struggle with sensuality, hostility, enmities, strife, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions? Oh, my soul. Factions? I mean, it seems foolish to even ask you the question, right? Pray for your country. Pray for your country. And if, you, and if you ask people outside those doors, you know, how do you defend that kind of behavior? Man, they're going to say, I have my rights and I have my freedoms. But i got to tell you, Jesus came to turn the world right side up. And beloved, here's the thing. Listen, those right-hand characteristics that we see on the 630 News every night, that we read about in the newspaper, that we're absolutely surrounded by, those on the right, we can't let slip in to the church. We can't. Amen? We can't. We can't let them slip in to the church, and we can't let them slip in to our hearts. 
because they lead us away from joy and they lead us away from the kingdom. And, and I've had people over the years say, you preachers, all you want to do is tell me what we can't do. All right, here's a question for you. If you don't do, what's the cost of not doing all those things in the right-hand column? What's the cost of not doing them? Of giving up those freedoms so that you can do all the things on the left and inherit joy. What's the cost? The cost is joy. The cost is I'm giving up a sickness so that I can experience wholeness. If we live with love, if we serve one another, but let's summarize the, the rest of it with, but, but if we don't live in the flesh, then we're going to experience wholeness. Listen to these words. Joy, peace, and satisfaction. Now here's a personal truth. As I look down those two lists, the one that the Spirit offers us, and it says these are the things that you should be doing, and you've got to absolutely stay away from these. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. You with me? Here's the problem. I look, and I'm talking in my confession to you, I look at that left-hand column that I'm supposed to be doing and the right-hand column that i got to stay away with, and here's the truth, is that I struggle with both of those columns. There's still things up there at my advanced age There's still things I struggle with. Probably you do too. And here's kind of the, the, the concerning thing. If you look at verse 24, it says, Now those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And when I, when I read the words, have crucified, what that sounds to me like, it's past tense, like it's done, it's already completed, and yet, I know in my life that it's not. We just get real with each other. So what, is that, what does that mean? I know that if I mention the word Greek, your eyes will roll into the back of your heads and you will nod off on me. But stick with me, this is important. I want you to look at this passage and, and it says, Now those who belong to Christ Jesus, have crucified. What, what I learned a long time ago is that there's something in Greek called the active voice. And what that means is when it says have crucified, what it, what it means in the active voice is that at one point in time, the desires of the flesh have been crucified. Past tense, it's done. The cross, the blood of Jesus Christ but the active voice says, at a point in time it was done, but the active voice says, but it's something that you've got to continue to do. That you've got to continue to work on it. It wasn't just a one time and done thing. It's like, this is something that I'm going to work with until Jesus calls me home. Now that, that doesn't mean that we should be satisfied with where we are, right? Nick said it well this week as we were going through the passage with the staff. He said, we, we are continually in the process of being rewired. Our minds are being rewired. When you come to church on Sunday morning, 
one of the wonderful things that's happening that you don't even sense it, but as the Spirit is working through the songs and, and through the Scripture, your mind is being rewired. If you stay in the Scripture throughout the week, if your prayer life isn't just kind of a, a check-to-block prayer, but it's really praying in the Spirit with, with fervent passion, then your, your mind is being rewired. Theologians call it sanctification, but, you know, rewired kind of speaks to me in that we're being changed, we're being rewired, we're being reformed into the image of Jesus. So it doesn't mean that we just have, like, an uneasy truce with the flesh. Like, yeah, I've struggled with that for years, but I guess it's okay, you know, I'm 51% good, 49% not, but... Grace will cover me. No, we don't just give up. We keep, we keep working. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, or you do not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who you have from God, and that you are not your own. So you don't, you don't give up. We keep pressing forward, for you have been bought with a great price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. How do you glorify God? By agreeing with him. I'm saying, you know, that, that, left, left, that left list is where I'm going. The right list, I've got to turn my back from that. And little by little in ways that you can't see, but I've got to tell you that, that I've seen over the years with you, you're being changed. There's nothing better than being transformed in the image of the beloved Savior. Amen? Galatians 5.1, it was for freedom that Christ set you free. From, from what were you set free in Christ? What comes to your mind? When you say you're set free, I mean, it's wonderful. It's good to say we're set free, right? What have you been set free from? The list is long and rich and beautiful. Let me just hit a few highlights. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. What have you been... Hey, listen... Don't you fall asleep on this. This is the best news of all. You have been set free from the ultimate consequences of your sin. Not only are we set free from the eternal consequences, but we're set free from the slavery of sin. You know what that means? That you and I, as hard as it may seem to believe or be from our experience, we don't have to go on sinning. Empowered by prayer, empowered by the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. So we, we don't keep going back to the same sin and say, oh, it's just an addiction. I just can't get over this. No, no. He's not tempting you beyond what you're able, but the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure. Can I just... Could I just say, too, whenever I've been at the crossroads of temptation, if I can just muster up the faith to pray at that moment, there's never been a time that I haven't been able to turn away from temptation just by stopping and praying. And God will do the same thing for you. We're free from the slavery of sin. We're free from the law, says the Scripture. We don't have to go back to a temple every week and, and just offer a sacrifice because the, the perfect sacrifice has been made. Jesus, through his sacrifice and our faith, has set us free from guilt. 
Psalm 103.12, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Hey, as far as the east is from the west, I don't think you can get further than that. I was sitting across the table at a marriage uh, retreat one time, and there was a woman across, and she said, you know, I got divorced years and years ago, and it's had some really bad effects on my family, and, and I just can't get over it. And I said, have you, have you asked for forgiveness for anything that you were responsible for? Yes. And you know that your sins are covered and you don't have to live in that guilt anymore? Yes, I know it, but I just can't. Would you call God a liar? Is the blood of Christ insufficient to cover your sins? And if he doesn't remember... Oh, my soul, if he doesn't remember, why should I hold on to it? We're free from our past. I'm I'm probably like you. This kind of goes along with the guilt thing. I'm probably like you. There's been times in my life when I'll just be trucking down the road doing something and an ugly old memory will come back to me, something that, a, a failure from maybe decades ago, and it'll be like, and I literally, I don't know about you, but I literally cringe sometimes. It's like, oh, I can't believe I did that. And then I remind myself who I am in Christ and that I'm set free and that I don't have to go back. I don't have to relive it. And the devil would just love for you, just absolutely love for you to stay in the past and and just wallow in your failures. There's a wonderful old song back when I first became a Christian. It went something like this. When the devil reminds me of my past, I remind him of his future, and I'll think no more of it. Amen? Because you've been set free. We're set free from the the slavery to death. That's the greatest fear that that man's ever had is the the fear of death, right? You know, next next Sunday, we're going to have a baptism service. I was just, I was really, I'm blessed and surprised, and it's just wonderful. I, I think there'll be three that'll be baptized, and, and, uh, and some of you could use another Duncan. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's not true. That's the sign of baptism, is that we don't have to be afraid of death, because just as surely as Jesus was laid in the tomb, and he rose up, just as surely as all who believe in him will be resurrected again. And so I can live my life without fear. In fact, I've heard, I've heard uh, uh, many of the members of this very church say, oh, Pastor Cal, I'm ready to go home. And I know why. Because you know what the scriptures say? Because Paul says that's very much better. As good as it is to be with you, that's very much better. I, I, I just want to mention one last thing that you're free from. As we put up that list, I think we've got them side by side up there. It brings us back to the question of the day. You with me? What will you do with your freedom? How rich and wonderful it is to sing. How great it is to, I mean, the choir looked great, red, white, and blue. And it's great to celebrate our freedom. What will you do with your freedom? Last thing that Christ gave us the freedom for. You know, 
This might seem kind of shocking to you, but he gave us absolute freedom to choose if we're going to take that left list that leads to joy and the right list that leads to really destruction. Think it through. In all seriousness, he absolutely gave you perfect freedom. No excuses. No, I I didn't get exactly what I needed as a child. No, the devil made me do it. None of that. You have absolute freedom. With no excuses. Empowered by prayer, empowered by the Holy Spirit to live a life that's going to lead to joy. Which one will you choose? How will you use your freedom? Let's pray together. Oh Lord, I'm just reminded at this very moment, Lord Jesus, whose name that none of us have the right to say, but it is only by your goodness, the free gift that you gave us, the freedom that you bestowed upon us that we can come. When we truly think about all the freedom that you have given us, all the good gifts, not only our freedom, but how you have blessed us with a a family, with children, with grandchildren, how you have blessed us with a church family to come and to celebrate life with, a place where we can worship, how you have set us free from fear and death and sin and Satan. It's, it's too much. But we stop in this moment and just thank you. And we pray, Father, by the power of your spirit that you will help us to choose joy. What a wonderful thing as we choose joy. I think, Lord, it must bring you joy. We love you. Our words will never be enough. We love you. Empower us to choose joy. In Jesus' name, amen. How good it is to be with you today. This is just not a show. You know, it's not a stage with performers. This is a family called together to worship. And so if there's something that the Spirit spoke to you today, a truth, say yes to him. If you know this is the church where you're called to worship and to serve, come. Think of nothing else but just saying yes. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior yet, if you're still burdened by guilt and the past and and sin and can't seem to get over it, come. Take a first step toward Jesus. He'll work miracles. 
maybe you just kind of see some things on that right-hand column that are present in your life and you want to get rid of them, come. If you need a hand to hold, a prayer partner, I'm here. If you want to just kneel down at these steps. But make the most of this moment, won't you? I pray you will. Kenny, would you lead us in one last song? Who will be the first to come?